Hey, everybody, welcome back to Gear 30 on the Blister Podcast Network. I'm Jonathan Ellsworth, and you can check out everything we're doing and reviewing over at blisterreview.com. Well, as many of you know, we wrapped up a few weeks ago our Blister Summit in Mount Crested Butte. And a couple weeks ago on Gear 30, Luke Coppa and I shared some of our initial impressions of some of the skis that he and I got on at the Blister Summit. We also alluded in that episode to the fact that we were going to be giving some of our other reviewers a bit of a break because, frankly, they all put in a ton of work at the summit. And so Luke and I thought, you know, we're going to bring them back in at another moment. And he and I just tried to string some sentences together um, since he and I were both pretty tired ourselves. Well, anyway, today is the day where we make good on that promise to bring back our other reviewers. And so what you are going to hear today is a conversation between our Blister Summit director, Kristen Sinnott, and Blister reviewers, Kara Williard and Sasha Anastas. So they are going to get started by talking a bit about the summit and sharing some of their own impressions and maybe a few of the highlights. And then they're going to do what Luke and I did, which is talk about some of the skis that they had a chance to get on and what their impressions were. So that is what we have in store for you here today. And now here is Kristen, Kara, and Sasha. Here we go. So here we are. Kick Jonathan out of our podcast. It's just the ladies. Got Sasha Nastas, Kara Williard, and I am Kristen Sinat. Uh, we're going to do a little recap on the Blister Summit, which just happened, our second annual Blister Summit. So if for some reason you've been living under a rock or uh, just haven't listened to any podcasts, read any of our newsletters, or have not been on the Blister Review site, then we're going to give you a quick recap. So it happened February 20th through the 27th. It was three and a half days each. They were back to back. We had a welcome session followed by three days of demos, including skis, apparel, ski boots. Following each day of On Snow demos, we had uh, two panel sessions every night with some delicious uh, drinks every night from Athletic and Revelshine and Whistlepig. Um, we also had backcountry ski tours. Uh, morning and afternoon every day included in the summit. Highlight for this year, we weren't able to do it last year because of uh, the pandemic, was our group ski meetups. So three times a day we met up at the blisters tent and we separated into groups uh, depending on how much people wanted to like ski fast or slow or you know where they wanted to go on the mountain. We had locals, um, you know, our reviewers were out there with people. A lot of the athletes had an idea of the mountain bringing people into different areas. So it was, uh, it was an exhausting, very exhausting um, seven or eight days for us. Uh, attendees, you know, picked one or the other generally, but it was a great time. So that's the quick and dirty overview. We're going to go into some personal highlights. So Sasha or Kara, who wants to go first? All right. Well, I will be happy to jump in now. Thanks for that recap. And thanks to Kristen for organizing such an incredible event it was so awesome to see the growth just over year one to year two, and I'm already excited for next year. Um, it's also really nice to have the opportunity to reflect 
on this amazing event. And I think it just kind of took a little while for it all to soak in because we came off of it and it had been such a whirlwind and so many long days in a row. And now I've just spent my last few weeks processing and that's been really awesome um, just to kind of look back and realize all that we got from that. So my first highlight is just the overall sense of ski community. I feel like this is something I had kind of lost sight of. Um, A couple years ago, I was injured and I kind of left the ski industry behind more than I had in like 10 years. And then we had two years of COVID. And I think it was really easy to kind of lose sight of the core reasons as to why we're here and why we are so enamored with this sport. This sense of ski community, I think it just was really rooted in like everyone having a great time. It was great to see the interaction between vendors and brands and just how many wonderful people joined from all over And not only just like really passionate skiers, but skiers of all ability levels and um, being able to cater to people at all these different ski levels was really fun. So just taking people out on the mountain, maybe stepping them a little bit out of their comfort zone, but not so much so that, you know, they're scared, but just that they're able to enjoy it and maybe do something that they wouldn't have done without, you know, our guidance or a reviewer kind of taking them to a new spot. And it kind of brought me back to one of my favorite jobs I've ever had, which was mountain bike guiding. And what was cool about that is you may be doing something you've done a whole lot, or in this case, like I ski Mount Crested Butte every single day. But when you get to see it through the eyes of someone who's experiencing it for the first time, it's just really special. You're actually able to kind of remember the reason why you love it so much and like how beautiful this place we are is, and we just happen to have the best conditions. Um, it snowed several feet. And so that was just another highlight. And then just the last bit that I'll add to this like sense of ski community, um, exploring an awesome mountain, skiing amazing conditions is just that there is so much, well, there's quite a few lady attendees and we just had a really good sense of like women community uh, as far as like getting out with all female groups and between vendors and attendees and our female reviewers. I had so much fun just like shredding with lady groups around the mountains. So that was really special to me. I want to say something about one of your highlights though. And I, I knew you had been a guide, but I got to go on one of the, actually I skied with you a few times and just seeing how you guided people into different areas in Crested Butte, because Crested Butte can be super scary. And everybody that was going into these areas had a, a different comfort level, but you were able to identify that and get them into a certain area that they were comfortable maybe push their limit a little bit, but again, not going overboard. And it was super impressive to see. And I think so many people took away so much from that experience. It was, it was really great. So I appreciate you guiding a lot of people in there because not a lot of people can do that or are are willing to do that. So well done. Thank you. That was really fun. Thanks, Kristen. And yes, sometimes one turn makes all the difference at Mount Crested Butte. So it's good to have people to follow. I was going to say my highlight was being guided by you, Kara, because it truly, it truly was, uh, it was like you had your own personal guide. Just to add on, I think it was, it was just so awesome for me personally. The main highlight was getting to actually ski with these reviewers. Some of these people were people we had emailed with um, years ago and had some specific questions, um, especially the ladies out there. Um, I was on one of the backcountry tours and she was like, oh my gosh, we, we were emailing a couple years ago. And I, this is the ski I end up going with and, and just having kind of that rapport with them and then finally getting to get on skis with the attendees was such a huge highlight for me. It was a huge sense of community and, and being able to impact 
taking our experience and, and, you know, sharing our experience and, and in turn getting their experience on some of the skis that I've been on. I think that was a huge highlight for me too, was, was skiing with the attendees and especially kind of coming back to, to some of the, the relationships we've had developed online and then actually kind of came into fruition in real life. I think that was a huge a highlight for me personally. Again, I want to echo that, what you said, uh, Sasha, about community building. And that was something that we took away from year one of the summit and we really built off of it for year two. And I tend to forget how lucky I am. And I think you guys are in the same boat where we live in or near a ski town or a mountain town. So we have this community around us. And that's uh, part of the reason I love skiing is like even during the pandemic, I'd go up on the mountain and that's where I would see my people. You know, we'd ski in these groups and you wouldn't just be out skiing solo, which there's something to be said about skiing solo, but there's also so it's so fun to ski with other people, especially if you're coming to a new mountain. And a lot of these people commented that they'd never had, a lot of these participants commented that they'd never had that ski group experience. And we provided that. And it wasn't just with Lister reviewers, but it was also with professional athletes and brand representatives. It was like a ski group on steroids and everybody was having so much fun. And like kind of segueing into like another one of my personal highlights, it was pretty stressful putting this together. And there's just a lot of moving parts and stuff coming together at the last minute. And the first night welcome session, and both welcome sessions were amazing, but that first night, February 20th, we go into Elevation Hotel in Mount Cresta Butte, and just people start coming in and registering, and the energy, like, I hadn't experienced that level of energy in so long. Granted, like, we're still coming off, like, pandemic, and I hadn't seen that many people in a room together, but it was just, everybody was so excited to be there. I don't know if it was, you know, solely the event or the fact that the forecast was looking amazing, which turned out to be even better than they forecasted for that first summit being all powder and the second one being bluebird. Like it was pretty amazing. Brands, uh, attendees, everybody commented about the energy and it lasted the entire time. It was exhausting how much energy was out there, but it just never died down. And it was so fun to see that this shared passion brought so many people together and um, made so many people happy. So I think one of the other highlights was um, having the Blister family together. Like we have never really been all of us all together in one place at one time. And then getting to be there with each other and um, those of us who aren't CB local, I'm just over the hill. So um, I still need Kara guide uh, to, to be there. But but to have like the CB uh, cohort um, kind of show us the way and then, then expand that to the attendees. I think that was, um, I think that was really valuable experience for a lot of the vendors as well as the attendees, but very much so for me as well too. Yeah, absolutely. And I think I'm just going to mention my other main highlight that's just been real distinct in my brain ever since summit ended. And that's the panel sessions, um, because they were really diverse as far as the different information that I was able to glean from them. There was a lot of like very more technical oriented panels, which I think were really fascinating just from a gear perspective. Um, But then there was also just like some really personal and important um, panels that were addressing issues that I'm like really happy were bringing forth into the ski industry and that they're becoming like more prominent subjects that we can discuss more openly. So I think the mental game panel with our athletes 
Um, that was a really powerful panel, like especially for myself, just because like knowing the mental side of an injury and um, just how that can like affect your identity, but then also just hearing like all the other struggles that people can go through and still like have to present themselves, um, you know, to the public or be in the public eye. And so I think that was just like a really powerful panel. And I'm really thankful to all the athletes that sat in on that one, because I think the room was really moved that night. It was just like a very powerful energy in the room that night. Um, I also really enjoyed like the panel discussing backcountry gear and backcountry access, because I think that's like another very important topic. And I'm very grateful I live in the Gunnison Valley where we have our own avalanche forecasting center. And Zach Guy was able to sit in on that panel. And I feel like we have really abundant information these days um, in this valley, but that we need to continue to kind of have those open discussions and like discuss like how we can uh, provide really good access into the backcountry for people who are just now getting into it, but also like how we can continue to have like really good discussions around safety and risk assessment. So that was like another really powerful one. And I was really grateful to also sit in on the women in the ski industry panel. That was really a good moment for me because it kind of allowed me to look back at my own journey as a boot fitter in what is a more male dominated industry. And this is just, it kind of opened the doors to a lot of conversations that we want to continue to pursue at Blister and that Sasha, Kristen and I are happy to kind of start discussing so that we can be the best possible resource for other women out there. So that those panels were amazing. And thank you to everyone that contributed to those and how they all came together was absolutely incredible. So thanks. Yes, kudos to you. You sat on a number of panels and you crushed it. And I am looking forward to those coming up on YouTube because I was mostly paying attention to all of them, but I was also uh, diligently trying to send emails to attendees and everything like that. So I am looking forward to uh, listening to them again on our YouTube channel. And I think those are going to be dropping fairly soon. So I'm excited about that. Yeah. So everyone stay tuned. Um, if you're interested in any of those particular topics, they will be available. All right. So I'd like to mention one more highlight. And this one has kind of carried me on like through uh, my like last since I've been left the summit, I've been thinking about this the entire time because I'm somebody that is constantly trying to improve my skiing. And I got to ski with Wendy Fisher a number of times and she was giving tips if you asked. Um, and I didn't like I kind of asked, but then I was like, oh, don't watch me ski because I'm not skiing very well right now, whatever. But then I was listening to what she was explaining to one of the attendees and it was brilliant. And I like did a voice memo of it to remember like anytime I go skiing because it's just been super helpful. And that is not something I thought I would take away from this event. Like I knew I'd get to ski with some people, but um, actually getting, you know, tips from Wendy Fisher and like Davenport gave some tips when we were out tree skiing. So Chris Davenport. So it was, it was pretty fun, the whole environment and everything. But the main reason everybody was there is because there were a ton of things to demo. So from Elevation Hotel, you walk outside and there are 20 plus booths and so much gear. And granted, we had created a demo gear list, like a menu of sorts. So people had an idea. Summit A may have been a little late on that one. But anyway, we had a list of gear that you could look into. But when you go out to 20 different brand booths and trying to figure out what you want to test based on those conditions, uh, your skiing preference, anything like that, like how did you two decide what you were going to ski each day? 
it was really hard. I was like very much attracted to the same old things I was always attracted to. And I had to be very um, conscientious about picking skis that I would not have the opportunity to ski, skiing lengths that I may not have ever considered skiing. And it, it was tricky. I uh, thought that the vendors did a great job kind of guiding you. And, uh, you know, they, they were the first day was a little bit easier because it was conditions that we had been skiing for the past few weeks. It was more, I think it was cloud covered and hard packed snow. So you, you could ski anything. So um, I think the first day was pretty straightforward. And then once the snow came in, you're like, oh, my gosh, I, I kind of had like FOMO for all sorts of wit skis and what to do. And, and, and so it was really, really hard. But I think um, I think taking advantage of what skis that we wouldn't have access to, I haven't skied before and, and links as well. I think that was kind of where I hung my priorities. Yeah. You know, I think it's interesting because we do task gear every day and I'm at Blister HQ on the daily and I walk in and there's just so many options there. But when you really start to break it down, the Blister Summit, um, I, it opened up so many opportunities that I don't have on most days for a variety of reasons. I think the one thing being that I did come in with a bit of a strategy. There is several skis that I knew I wanted to ski in a certain length um, that maybe isn't at HQ or that sometimes we kind of get, I'm like sometimes the in-between length of the longest women's ski versus the ski that, you know, Luke and Dylan and Jonathan prefer, which is like 183, 186, sometimes even longer than that. And so for me, I was like, there's several skis I want to revisit, but in a length that I feel like specifically attuned to. Um, So that was one component. I think the first day was like super firm and it kind of, you know, dictated your skis in that particular sense. But then as it got really soft, that opened up a lot of doors as far as powder skis um, that I've been wanting to get on, but haven't that we don't, you know, have here at Blister HQ or are new. And so that kind of opened up the doors for a lot of like 102 millimeter plus skis, which I then feel like I spent several days on because conditions were just so good. Um, It was awesome to have that type of testing ground. I mean, it's great to test certain skis when it's, you know, pretty firm and conditions are really going to tell you like how stable or damp that particular ski is. But it's also great to have the really deep snow to be able to test some of these wider skis, especially because we had gone like 50 plus days prior without any new snowfall. So being able to kind of open the doors for more um, of the wider ski testing and soft snow was awesome. And just kind of move through the list, like based on what was available, based on like what some of those new exciting skis were, the ones that everyone wants to know and is talking about a lot. And then also just from some of the smaller brands that we want to test a lot more of their gear, uh, but haven't had the chance to quite yet. And so I was really excited to get on um, several options from some of the smaller brands that came out and represented. And everyone was really stoked to have like that wide of options from a lot of the brands out there. Yeah. Something I wanted to highlight was unlike a typical like free gear event you find at your local ski area, you didn't just go up to a booth and be like, okay, what do you have? And they're like, this one ski in your size. There were so many options. So it could be so challenging to figure out. But the the brand had some great people helping out, uh, you know, product designers and managers and like upper level people that could really speak to you on what your ski level was and what conditions and where you wanted to ski and everything like that to help choose. The other thing I I didn't mention in the summit overview was that we also had this um, blister summit uh, gear review 
form that we had asked the attendees to fill out. One of them was a know thyself and they asked them to start do that before the start of the summit. So they actually had an idea of whether they're a finesse skier or more of a power skier. So they could use these terms to go to the brands and start talking to people um, to figure out what kind of skis they might want to get on. And then we also asked them, not required, but we asked them to also review the products afterwards. So when you're on the lift with attendees or with other reviewers or um, the athletes, you're kind of talking about skis constantly. I mean, you're talking other stuff too, but like it's it's this conversation. So I started off in one direction and then I start talking to people about what they'd been testing or what they had liked. And you kind of start going towards that ski. And I think it happened for us where we all tested I think every single reviewer got on a Fisher Ranger 102 on their new 2022-23 line, which is just kind of interesting. I I haven't done the analysis um, for all the responses on the gear review form, but I kind of feel like that ski might be one of the more popular as far as tested. I don't know if everybody will provide feedback on it, but I wasn't as diligent as you, Kara, on figuring out what I wanted to test and when I kind of was more seat of the pants and just hoping to get skiing uh, just because trying to organize a lot of stuff. But there were so many great skis out there. It was, I mean, you could have spent like a month at the booths trying to figure, like test all of it. So, yeah. And I mean, in line with everything that Kristen just said, I think another amazing component of the summit was just having this constant dialogue between different people, um, getting their feedback on it. And just kind of seeing, you know, like different skiing styles applied to the same ski and then being able to like talk so openly about that. You know, it's one thing that we're always kind of exchanging dialogue between reviewers or with um, Blister members asking us questions about, you know, kind of giving that feedback as far as how they ski and then perhaps us being able to come up with really curtailed ideas on what skis might be good for them. But just to have that nonstop dialogue, I think it really just enhances everyone's experience out there because you're able to kind of, you know, see things maybe a little bit differently. Um, Going in with that, like, know thyself is really kind of central to our review style, but then to be able to expand that to the attendees so that they can kind of see it through, you know, maybe where their preferences lie and then being able to hear what they're saying about certain skis and having a lot of overlap. And um, it's just really nice to have that like reinforcing dialogue where we're able just to exchange like ideas and thoughts about certain skis and what our preferences are and maybe why things are working or why they aren't. Yeah, to that end, I had a really great time um, discussing certain skis with some of the attendees. And then that actually swayed my decision, much like you were saying, Kristen, to try something that I didn't even think about and getting on that and and then getting to share that experience with that with the attendees. Um, I think that was one of the coolest part, uh, parts about the summit. So any standout skis or ones you were most that you looked forward to testing and that they panned out or what? Talk to me about some skis. <laughs> yeah, well, I think we'll all dive in a bit on the Fisher Ranger series because like Kristen mentioned, that was kind of one of the, uh, you know, full new lineups for 2022-2023 um, that was available in a variety of widths that made sense for a lot of the different conditions. And um, so it was really awesome to get on. I got on the 102, the 108, and the 96. Um, ski the 96 on a morning that was a lot more firm. But you know, across the board, I'd say the skis felt really intuitive. Um, I was impressed, like the 96 felt really stable, but also very quick and maneuverable. It was a very, you know, kind of friendly ski and bumps, but it also felt like it was 
plenty planted for what those firm conditions were that morning. And then the 102 and the 108 were just awesome in powder. I mean, I think they were just just playful and loose enough that you could really maneuver them in all kinds of different terrain, um, but that they also just floated really well. And so I think that's something that we could all speak to a little bit, the Fisher Ranger series, because it was really cool that we could all test the lengths we wanted in that lineup. Yeah, I, I hopped on the Fisher Ranger 90 and the 102 and really enjoyed my time on both. I, for some reason, well, I ended up testing it a number of like 88, 90 uh, waist with skis and really enjoyed them. But yeah, the Rangers, I hope we get more chance to ski those. And the 102, yeah, the they were great in the powder. I really enjoyed that. So it's maneuverable, intuitive, fun, everything I, I like in a ski for a personal preference. And it was really versatile. I didn't feel like the width was too wide um, for skiing, you know, tight mobile lines or anything like that. I was impressed by how versatile the ski was, where you could take it, how, um, yeah, how, how intuitive it was. It was a really great ski. I didn't have any of the other, I, I wasn't able to get on any of the other Ranger widths. So I didn't have that same experience that you guys did to compare it to. But, um, but yeah, I was, I was very impressed with that ski. Another ski that I loved, um, was the Solomon Stella 106. I got that ski, I think the first day we had the powder it just charges it charges uh it's light it's easy it 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 was so impressive I had a blast on that ski um I think Carrie you were on that one as well you 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 got on that one as well yeah I think we all shared um a similar experience on that ski being that it was just so versatile easy to get along with um felt like plenty supportive but also just really quick and lively. And um, uh, that was one ski I was really appreciative that all three of us could ski because I felt like we had a similar experience. And then it was also good for me uh, to get on that because I had skied the QST 106 181 quite a bit since that's um, here at Blister HQ. And so to be able to compare links is just another thing I really appreciated about the summit since um, sometimes, you know, we're skiing one length, but we're just a little bit curious one direction or the other. And that Uh, women's 106 was just a little bit quicker, uh, more maneuverable. Yeah. And it is the new for 22-23, which was pretty exciting to to get on that. I had a good experience with it. I also had a bad experience with it because we like went down a bad, like there shouldn't have been any bad runs, but it was this like white out, like windblown, like you hit the hard bumps underneath and they were the giant bumps. And I was just like, I can't. And granted, any ski I could I would not have been able to ski down that so I need to give uh, the Stella 106 is another try in deeper snow um, but outside of that run they were really fun it's just I yeah felt like a total beginner which is very humbling and fine but yeah I'd like a, I'd like a redo <laughs> And to confirm, that ski is the same ski as this, the Solomon 106. Their gender differences are really just a top sheet. Is that right, Kara? Yeah. So that was so. good for me to be able to like compare the different lengths um, from what I had been on here locally prior to the summit. I hadn't gone over to the Dina Star booth till Sasha, you pointed me in that direction and their new EPRO 99 Women's, which... Um, yeah, uh, it turns out I love that ski. I think we've tried it in both, both of the 170 
centimeter length. And that was a super fun all mountain ski that I probably would have overlooked. Again, there's just so many different choices out there. And yeah, I hadn't really had my eye on that one. But that's new for next year. And hopefully we can get a review up on that one at some point if we can get our hands on it for a little longer. Yeah, that ski was so smooth that like the it felt like there was it was just so smooth moving through everything. Um, I my, my one of my days there, I'd get on a ski and I'd be like, oh, my gosh, Kristen's going to love this ski. And then I get on the next ski and be like, oh, my gosh, Kristen's going to love this ski. <laughs> so then I'd have to be like, Kristen, I'd have to text her, get on this ski, get on this ski. So I don't I don't know why I was tapping into your vibe there. But um, uh, I, I yeah, it was it was fun. But I love that ski. That ski will be really exciting to take. Um, um, for a longer time and, and see if, you know, tested in all snow conditions. Um, I didn't get to ski at, uh, in the deeper powder. I think I that was the ski I chose on that first day. So I'd be excited to see how well it holds in powder. But man, that was one of the smoothest skis I've been on in a really long time. Um, it compared really well to the in, uh, renowned Endurance 98. I know, Kara, you got on that ski. I'm not sure if you did, Kristen, but um, that ski was was a, a great, versatile, intuitive, very stable ski. Yeah, I thought those two were very comparable. Yeah, it's awesome. I really enjoyed the renowned Endurance 98, and thankfully they left it here in Crested Butte for me to continue to get time on. I did put a flash review out on that ski not too long ago, but... Um, everything Sasha said, and then also just to mention that it's like one of the most nimble, maneuverable skis I've been on. So it's like quickly become one of my favorite bump skis and just a great ski um, for skiing like really quick fall line bumps all around the mountain. So I was really stoked to see Renown and have the opportunity to get on some more of their product. Nice. I, I look forward. I, I didn't get to uh, test the Endurance um, 98, but I look forward to getting on it sometime. We have it at HQ hopefully soon. Yeah. And I think it's funny because uh, Sasha's mentioning like, you know, texting, like knowing Kristen might like a particular ski and texting her and kind of giving her some of those ideas. And that also knowing that some of us, like the, the three of us uh, do deviate at times and that's totally okay. And that's like where our discussion comes in and like getting on a ski that I really liked. Like I was able to ski the Rossignol 104 Ti in both a 172 centimeter and a 179. And that was a ski that I was getting getting along with really well. Um, it just felt very like when I am thinking about my personal biases on skis, it's a ski that felt super damp, planted, um, just like really had a lot of power to it and definitely a ski that wants to be powered. Um, but on some of the mornings that I skied it through a lot of the really choppy conditions, it was just kind of that really nice ski that helped mute a lot of that chop and just charge through the chop in a really stable way. And so that's something I really enjoyed. And um, knowing that sometimes like that's a ski that I take to and sometimes Kristen, uh, I think she didn't quite like that ski as much as I did. It's a uh, yeah, the Rallybird TI is not my personal favorite. I see why people love it. And it was one of those like hop on and be like, Kara's gonna really like this one. I gravitate towards the non-TI version and thought that was um, my speed as far as maneuverability. And um, yeah, just it was more intuitive for me, for sure. Didn't have to power my way through anything. Yeah, it is fun that and it's interesting, too, that it's not always like Sasha and I have similar likes with skis. It's sometimes you and I do, Kara, and then sometimes the two of you do and I'm on the outlier. But it's nice that we can all kind of recognize where the other one's preferences are for skis and that also of course helps us reviewing when we can identify like 
who that ski is for. I think that's really important too. And I think, um, again, I think that ties back into the few things I've said before, getting to ski with with some of, there's a, a bunch of smaller, more petite attendees. And I just had a blast skiing with them because uh, we could compare links, what they preferred, how they skied, what they skied. And, and I felt like uh, learning their preferences was very valuable to me as a reviewer, just because uh, I think it is so helpful when I get on a ski to, to understand what they want as far as their length or why a, a longer ski doesn't work or why a longer ski totally works. Um, encouraging some of the, the shorter attendees to consider longer lengths in a ski that they had their eyes on but were disappointed because they didn't have the lengths or the ski didn't come in those lengths. I, I was excited to hear some of those gals doing fine on a longer ski, um, you know, with more rocker, uh, a deeper rocker line. So, so that was a pretty fun thing too. Yeah, it was nice that there were multiple lengths for most of these skis. Actually, all the skis, I think, came in multiple lengths. So, like, even, you know, some people had to go perhaps a little longer than they are used to. But for me, too, I've been enjoying going shorter on some stuff when I'm like, that ski felt like it was overpowering me. Um, but I want to try it in a shorter one. Instead of dismissing the line completely, then actually just go towards a shorter one and see if that works better, if that's more playful like I want or more maneuverable. Just having these opportunities, there were so many of those. And I think that's a huge value to the summit is you get to compare apples to apples. You get to compare a ski, say model, different lengths, and you can really fine tune where you are at with that ski because I think we all are kind of in between certain lengths. um, And I think... I think that's a huge, huge thing that is very unique to the summit is getting to have that. Yeah. And just all the conversations around it too. Like when you hop on the chairlift and somebody's wearing the other length or, you know, a different ski of um, same waist width or something like that. It's, it's interesting to just have those conversations. And even if you're not a big gear nerd or anything like that, people were still gravitating towards that information sharing. So. Yeah, a lot of collaboration and really unique to have that opportunity. Um, So that was definitely a huge value to me and I think a value to all of us as reviewers, but then also just I hope to everyone out there that they were able to gain a whole lot from that type of uh, just like open dialogue about skis and preferences and all of that. And the one other thing I'll add is just how cool it was that we were able to test things beyond skis. Um, So I think I've you know, been to so many industry demo events over the last uh, 12 years. And it's very rare that there's ever boots available. Um, In this particular instance, we did have some boots available. It's a little bit hard going into production, like looking at next year's, like it doesn't always mean that every size is available. But for some people, they got to test several boots and kind of have conversations with me as a boot fitter about like where they were at with boots and maybe some potential options. So I thought that was really cool to have that type of discussion around gear that wasn't skis, but then also having the opportunity to test backcountry skis. I think that's just so rare these days. I mean, it's almost impossible that you're able to find, um, you know, a ski mounted with the backcountry binding with skins cut ready for you to go. Um, in this case, for you to go on a guided tour with Irwin Guides, I thought that was just another really unique opportunity and people were really just stoked on that, um, to have that. And then lastly, I think the really cool avenue of being able to test both apparel through Mammut and goggles through Glade. Um, that was perfect. I think a lot of people like had the goggles that weren't quite perfect for that condition that day. And so it's like, all right, Glade is here to equip you with 
a new pair of goggles to try and maybe you'll be able to see a lot better for the rest of the day and that will probably make your day a lot better as well. Yeah, thank you for bringing that up. I I don't think people understood how nice it was going to be to try new goggles. Like the Glade, I think on some, I don't know if it's social media or something like that, they had a photo of all the old goggles that were sitting on their table. Like they had the perfect conditions to test because it was super snowy. I mean, they have the photochromic lenses that go from, you know, bluebird to whiteout and people like they, they, I would be surprised if anybody didn't test a pair of Glade goggles that was there. I mean, that, those are my go-to goggles right now. So for the past couple of years and they're, they're great. And then Memu with their jackets and they had some backpacks and Abby gear. And man, the, I, I still love that Lalise thermo hooded jacket, like that color yellow. If you've seen any photos of a yellow jacket, like I tried not to grab it every day, um, but once I started wearing it, I couldn't stop. And so apologies to any attendees I wanted to test and I was wearing it. But yeah, it was kind of a cool opportunity. Like I, I wouldn't have thought of that jacket for, for testing purposes, I think, but it's excellent. And I hope we do more of that in the future. So, and and Beacon Guidebooks was there too, which was pretty neat for everybody that was going out in the backcountry. He had the, the maps laid out and the books laid out to where they would be going. So they had an idea before they got to the trailhead on the lines they could ski, um, just being a little bit more educated out there, which was pretty interesting. And one thing I also want to mention that I didn't in the overview, turns out my overview was terrible because I left half of the stuff out, but we had um, wanted to do a bit of uphill travel uh, with like early morning, like dawn patrol style stuff. Uh, granted, the snowstorm um, put a stop to that for Summit A, but we did manage to get one day of it on Summit B and the feedback of that was great. And I hope we get to do that more often next year. Although if it's because we can't do it because of powder day, I'm not gonna complain about that. Um, but it was interesting, they went up, uh, the group went up with a Mammut guide and were able to ask questions uh, about different backcountry access, um, what kind of classes they should be taking or how knowledgeable they need to be and how to get into it. And that kind of, you know, leisurely stroll up uh, the ski hill was a great introduction to, to that kind of travel on skis. So uh, future opportunities were constantly trying to make the summit better. And I think all the feedback from attendees and brands and reviewers has been super helpful. We appreciate that. Yeah. Did you guys have summit with jaw? I got home and I had like the biggest summit with jaw. I was like in a deep, dark depression for a few days. I wasn't really wanting to talk to anybody who wasn't there. I was, I had so much fun. I like totally had a, a summit with jaw. I know I was on, I was such, such a high, but I was also so exhausted. Uh-huh. I know. Like, I think I, I think I slept 12 hours straight or something like that. I text Jonathan. I'm like, I think I slept 12 hours. And my three-year-old said for a few days after, he's like, is the summit over? That's good. Is the summit over? When are you doing that again? Because he didn't get to see me for so long. So, But yeah, I was on such a high after that too. It was, it, yeah, just that energy just carried through. It was. It was awesome. It was, it was like one of a kind. Yeah, like when the music stops, but you can still kind of hear the beat in your head. Like that's what it was doing for like mm-hmm. a few days for after sure, that. For sure. And we're already planning next year. Yeah, and I'm already excited for next year. And so big thanks to Kristen. Thanks to Jonathan. And just thanks to everyone who came out and made it what it was. I think that goes for all the brands, all the vendors, all the attendees. Um, it was so great to meet a lot of our Blister members in person. 
and to just hang out all together um, and to be here skiing the powder at Mount Crested Butte, an amazing mountain. I think it was awesome to hear people like, oh, I think we understand why you guys like skis uh, in certain lengths now that we've skied, like what truly is really tight terrain and just kind of like getting that perspective on what we do here. And I'm just so grateful that everything came together and all the hard work that went into it um, that we were able to get all that we did from it. And I can't wait to see how it grows and evolves because I know that it's going to. Yeah. And, and thank you for the nice shout out. But Kara uh, and Sasha, you guys crushed it out there. It was amazing. You brought the energy and helped make it possible. Same with um, Lou Kappa and Dylan Wood and Drew Kelly. I mean, he was coming in before and after his shifts at his other job. Like it was that it was, was amazing. Impressive. There were so many, so many people helping out to make it what it was. And yeah, thank you guys for, for doing that. So it was many months of hard work, Kristen, and it, and it was, it was awesome. So, I mean, you, you definitely deserve a big pat on your back. Um, same with Jonathan and, and yeah, no, it was, it was an amazing event. Can't wait for next year. Hopefully it goes it's even easier planning next year. So <laughs> but Jonathan promised me. As long as you ordered that big powder storm, I think there'll be no complaints. Yes. Yeah. Well, thanks, ladies. It's been nice talking to you, um, catching up. And let's do this again soon. Thanks, All right, you guys. let's do it again. Thanks, ladies. All right. Well, now, just before we let you go, it is time for our weekly What We're Celebrating segment. And I currently have in my hand a little glass of Whistlepig six-year-old piggyback rye mixed with a little splash of club soda. That's how I'm rolling tonight. And while there are many things actually that I could be celebrating this week, I want to actually celebrate something that just happened this afternoon. Um, One of my best friends, we've been friends since freshman year of college. His name is Ben Well, he has been in town the last several days, actually staying at my house all week with his three kids, Pierce, Reese, and Cameron. And the last couple of afternoons, I've actually been out skiing with Ben's kids, and they're pretty new to skiing. And it has been really fun to just go out and get some people who are new to this weird sport that we all love so much and try to give a little bit of instruction but mostly try to just help them really enjoy the experience of being out on the mountains, which is something that I know still means a whole lot to so many of us listening to this. And all three of the kids were doing great, especially having to go out with me. I'm not sure I'm going to win any Instructor of the Year awards, perhaps especially because, well, his 13-year-old daughter and I, we ended up skiing international at the end of the day, which is, I don't know, probably one of the steeper groomers in the United States. Reese did great. It was her fifth day skiing ever. This is also probably why I shouldn't be an instructor. But anyway, she did fantastic. It was a lot of fun. I just think it's cool whenever we have a chance to introduce new people and young people to this sport. They're telling me at least that they are definitely going to be back here. And uh, so I think we're going to have some more ski days in our future. So Pierce and Reese and Cameron, job well done. You are always welcome back here and you've always got a place to crash. And um, 
can't wait to ski the next time with you all. So that is what I am celebrating today. And that then brings us to the end of this edition of Gear 30. So of course, I want to say thanks to Kristen and Sasha and Kara for sharing their experience of the Blister Summit and for walking us through a bunch of the equipment they were on. I want to thank the strikingly handsome Justin Bob for producing this episode and from all of us here in Gunnison and Crested Butte, Colorado, please take good care of yourself and everybody else. And we will talk to you again this coming Monday on our blister podcast, where we have returning to the blister podcast, the first Olympic Jamaican Alpine ski racer, Benjamin Alexander. Benji is back on the podcast to talk about his experience of the games and some of the aftermath of the games. And it is a really important conversation that you all should tune into. So if you aren't already subscribed to the Blister podcast, do that now so that new episode pops into your feed on Monday. All right. We'll talk to you soon.